You already know the fun of King's Island. Blue ice cream for lunch, catching your breath between screams on the beast. But this summer at King's Island, this is 50. Don't miss their 50th anniversary celebration all summer long with new shows, new food, and new fun. It's King's Island's biggest summer yet. And now through August 14th, King's Island is turning up the excitement with a daily 50 years of fun street party. It features dancers, music, and more commemorating the last 50 years. Make plans today at visitkingsisland.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Hello there, welcome to another episode of This Week in History with me, your host, Dan the Viking. We've got the much-anticipated episode this week, which is the Titanic, which everyone has been looking forward to on the Facebook group, and we finally found some time where both myself and my dad have a bit of time together to to get this one recorded. So we're going to start with the story of the Titanic, the timeline, which everybody should be aware of, but if you're not aware of, we're going to cover the basic facts around it and then work towards some more obscure things that you probably don't know. And uh, that's where where the expert, my father, comes in. So uh, welcome to the show, Dad. Thank you. Um I've got to say, it's the first time I've ever done anything like this. I've never done a podcast. And uh, hopefully, I'll give you enough information uh, to make it interesting for people. Yeah, well, I think everyone's been looking forward to it, so that's the, that's the main thing. <laughs> Man, that's that. Okay, um, where do you want to start? Well, I think we'll probably the best place to start would be, be Liverpool, I would have thought. Um. Yeah, we can start there. We can go back even further, actually, because the Titanic was part of the White Star Line. Yes. Um, it was, uh, and White Star Line was founded in 1850, so we go back quite a bit of time. A few years before that, then. We certainly do. The uh, The actual uh, White Star Line was um, one of the big shipping companies in the world at the time. And uh, do they still exist now, or? Uh, they have... Uh, the actual company itself was bought out, oh, many years ago. It is now part of Cunard, to be honest. Oh, so it's still there, but not, not yeah, exactly the um, same. There is one White Star Line ship left, um, and it is actually one of the Titanic's tenders, and that is uh, in the um, Titanic Museum at Belfast. Yeah, there we go. So there's so, still something. So there is a, a White Star Line ship still still around, but uh, it doesn't float. It's a museum piece. Yeah. <laughs> we, we have those in Grimsby, but <laughs> there we go. Okay, so if we start at 1850, uh, when the White Star Line was founded, and uh, they had a lot of competition. 
Yeah. yeah. Uh, the only way to get around the world in those days was uh, shipping via ships. Yeah. There were no aircraft, and if you wanted to go to the United States, I'm sorry, but the only way was by boat. Yeah. And it took between six and ten days was the average. Yeah. In those, in those days. Not too bad, I suppose. Could okay. be worse. The biggest competition that the White Star Line had was Cunard themselves. Oh, right. And Cunard had the fastest ships in the world at the time. Right. Um, the record was held by the Mauritania and the Lusitania. I've heard of that one. The Lusitania yeah, went down definitely. in World War One. Yeah, yeah it's I've a very famous. That that's another famous ship. Yeah. So um, they had they had the problem uh, that um, realistically. The competition was there, and White Star decided they could never beat the two Cunard ships. Yeah. So, so um, for speed, they didn't bother. So they went for luxury. Makes sense. Yeah. And in, way. in 1909, this is when the Titanic was first thought of. In 1907, uh, a gentleman called James Peary met with the... Uh, Owner? The owner of yeah. the White Star Line, Bruce Ismay. And uh, they decided that they were going to build three ships yep. to compete with the uh, the trade across the Ameri- uh, across to America. Yep. Now, those three ships were going to be called the Olympic, the Titanic, and the Britannic. Yep. All three, all three of them. All three ships were actually built. The Olympic was the first one. And they started building the Olympic keel, uh, the Olympic in uh, Belfast at Harland and Wolf in 1908. So that was when the first sort of of the three Titanic Olympic class ships were built. Right. Uh, the uh, the Harland and Wolf shipyards um, contract number for the Olympic was 400. Its sister ship, the Titanic, was 401. Right. So they were the two. So they were the two... They were made side by side. I mean, I I heard somewhere that they said that the actual ship that sank wasn't the Titanic, it was the Oh, there's conspiracy theories all over the place. Um, So that, I mean... We can go into a little bit of that later on if you want. Yeah, definitely. I'll tell you for why, and those two numbers, the 400 and the 401, come into significance in that particular part. Yeah, definitely Um, go into that. But the Titanic was actually uh, laid down in March 1909. Right. So we're going we're quite a way back. They were built, and like all ships of the time, they were made of steel plates riveted together. Uh, some were steel plates riveted with steel rivets. Some were, in the more complicated areas, they were riveted together with iron rivets. Right. Um, both ships were, were built side by side, the Olympic being about six months in front. Okay. The Titanic was bigger as well, wasn't it? Uh, Titanic was heavier, right. and it was only a few tons heavier than the Olympic. They were almost identical ships. Which is where the conspiracy comes in. Exactly. The Olympic was launched in uh, October 2010, and the Titanic was actually launched um, in May, and actually on the 31st of May, 1911. So, okay, so it was just the hull slipped into the water. Right. There were a hundred thousand spectators when that ship went in. 
We're just watching, just watching an empty... an empty hull going into the water at Belfast. Wow! Imagine life before TV. Oh, yeah, absolutely <laughs> nothing to do with no. it but go down and watch some lump of metal going into the water. Um, it was then moved to what they call the fitting out bay. Yep, where they put the insides in and the engines and everything else. And bearing in mind, this ship was big. Yeah, I've seen pictures. When the Titanic was launched, it was the largest moving object ever built by man. Wow. Quite big at that time. It was horrendously big. Yeah. Bearing in mind, your average um, steamship liner uh, of the time was around 15,000 tons. Your your average ship. well, was, but this was around 46, wasn't it? This 40, was 46,800, yeah. 46, yeah. Yeah. So we're talking really, really big for the actual time. The Lusitania and Mauritania were around a thirty to 35,000. So, I mean, again, with with it being that size and it being the first, one of the first ships ever with that sort of size, that can be linked into sort of certain complications that would have arisen... A lot of the complications arose because the law hadn't caught up. Yeah, exactly. So they they were missing things and bits and pieces that probably wouldn't mm. be overlooked a few Ex- years later. Exactly. So we move on to the Titanic finally being fitted out. Yep. All right. Now you've got engines in this Titanic in the ship. There were three of them. There were two main engines yep. that ran the outside propellers. And then you had a smaller central engine that ran the central propeller right the two outside ones could go backwards as well so they had a reverse the central one didn't okay yeah the central propeller was 20 feet across so it wasn't little then yeah the uh outside ones were 32 feet across right okay yeah Yeah, that makes sense so they were they were big propellers they were all made of bronze and they were all stamped with either 400 for the Olympic or 401 for the Titanic. All right, so, so the, people knew. So people who were fitting this thing together, and it took years, months to put it together, they knew which part went on which ship. Yeah, makes sense. Now, by the time the Titanic was three-quarters of the way through being fitted, mm-hmm. the Olympic had an accident. Yes. Okay, so the Olympic is now finished. It's sailing across to America and coming back. Unfortunately, in September 1911, the uh, Olympic had a collision with a Royal Navy ship called HMS Hawk. Right. And that damaged the ship, uh, so it couldn't be used. Okay. As a result, they had to take the Titanic out of where it was being built to move the Olympic in to repair it. Yeah, makes so sense. the Titanic was delayed by several months. Yeah, it makes sense. Okay, um, the Titanic was actually completed and ready for the tests, the sea, the sea tests, uh, in March twenty. Uh, I'm don't, doing this again, aren't I? Don't worry, don't worry. It's easily done. I do it with. Switch. We're talking a hundred years ago. Yeah. <laughs> it was. It was ready in March nineteen twelve. Yeah, and. Again, the Titanic sailed out from Belfast, having completed all its sea trials. Yep. And it left Belfast docks for Southampton. Right. At 8 o'clock in the evening on the 2nd of April. Now, we get into the month where 
the Titanic story really gets moving. Yeah. Yeah. Again, there's 100,000 people come down to watch it and cheering. Now, when you see pictures of the launch of the Titanic, yeah, it's not the Titanic. Right, okay. When you go onto Google and you look at it, pictures of the Titanic, uh, there is a difference between the Titanic and the Olympic. Right, okay. And it is sea deck. Where's, what's, right. Where is that on the So when you look the at the ship. ship itself, the Olympic... Um, B and C decks right. were open. Okay. They had, when you looked at the side of the ship, it had large rectangular gaps in the side of the ship so that people could lean over the balcony and, and look down the side of the ship and everything. The unfortunate thing was, while the Titanic was being built and the Olympic was out there, they realized that that particular promenade deck that walked along there, people were getting wet. Right, okay. And the people paid a lot of money to be on those decks. And they were getting wet. And they were getting wet. So they enclosed them. So when you look at the Titanic, the side of the Titanic is all enclosed, but the Olympic isn't. So right. that's how you tell the difference between the two ships. Okay, that's an easy easy comparison. Easy comparison to make. But a lot of the ships that are launched, when you look at the YouTube videos, they are actually the Olympic. All right. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit of... Uh, information yeah i'm doing a lot of the talking here you, if you've got any questions just let me know yeah well, no, i'm quite happy <laughs> I'm, I'm learning as well okay so the titanic um is it leaves belfast it goes down to southampton the titanic is registered in liverpool because yeah, that's was... where a lot of ships were registered so it didn't actually dock in Liverpool. Never ever went to Liverpool in its life. Well, there you go. See, I always thought it docked. I I knew it was built in Belfast. My my knowledge was it was built in Belfast, tested in Liverpool, taken to Southampton, but obviously it didn't touch Liverpool. Never went ever went never went near Liverpool. They um it went down to Southampton and it arrived on the third of April. Okay. Now that's Easter week. Yeah, busy week. When you see pictures of the Titanic. There was one day on the Good Friday of that that year, the Titanic was what they called decked out, and that was with all of its flags. Everything. So if you see a picture of the Titanic in dock with all the flags around it and everything, yeah, that is that day. That's Easter Friday. That's Easter Friday. Okay. I've seen that picture, to be fair. I have seen pictures yeah. of it. With... It's, um, it's quite a famous picture, actually. Yeah. Now, a lot of people got on at uh, Southampton, and the what they call the snagging crew were still on there. They, right. were, they were people from Belfast that were there to basically repair the ship yeah. and put touch any ups. snags and touch-ups, you know, doors yeah. don't open properly, sinks leak a little bit, things like that. They were on board. And they were, um, the person in charge of them was Thomas Andrews. Okay. Thomas Andrews was the person who designed the Titanic. All right. So and he, he was still on board. He sailed with it. Did he go down with it? Unfortunately, he did. Yeah. Oh, dear. Uh, as did a lot of people. Yeah. Okay, so we now move on to the Titanic leaves Southampton. So that's the 10th of April. It's on the 10th of April. Yeah. Uh, and it left at midday. Right. And, they, they, I mean, the, it, it left. But, I mean, I was, I was always under the impression that the Titanic went straight to New York. It didn't, did it? It went no. to France first. It went over to Cherbourg in France. Yeah. But it was too big to get into Cherbourg Harbour. Brilliant. Well, they weren't used to it, were they? They'd never had anything that size. So what they did is they had a tender ship. Yep. That they had two of them, and they came out and they brought people and their luggage from Sherbrooke Harbour out to the Titanic. Right. Okay. One of those tenders 
is the one that's in the Belfast. Oh, the one that's in the museum. The one that's in the museum, yeah. All right, there we go. So it then leaves Cherbourg. Right. But it doesn't go to New York. No, it's... It goes uh, to Southern Ireland. I will say it had one more stop, didn't it, before the... It went to a place called Queenstown, which um, has been renamed. Yep. Uh, I wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> That's something for another episode, and, guys. And a number of people got off. Yeah. Now, oh, really? What, so they didn't, just for that tiny little... For that short journey, some of the people got off the Titanic. Lucky bastards. One of them was a, a priest called Father Brown. Right. And he was a photographer. Okay. So. so the photographs you see of the Titanic, the decks and the people on it, are all taken by yeah. Father Brown. All oh, right. That's quite cool. Yeah. He, get, he gets off Queenstown, and the Titanic sails off into the distance. Right. And it's uh, on the way. And it's on its way. Yeah. Now, the Titanic is really, really distinctive. Um, it was called the SS Titanic. Yep. Originally. Then it go to RMS, wasn't it? Afterwards? And then it became RMS. It only became RMS when it carried mail. All right. Okay. As in, yeah. as in like so originally, postal mail. And yeah, and so when it goes from Belfast down to Southampton, yeah, it's the SS Titanic, the steamship or yeah. the uh, screw, the steam screwer. Yeah. Titanic. Titanic. When it picks up Royal Mail. It becomes the RMS Titanic, Royal oh. Mail Steamer. Oh wow! Yeah, I mean, I never knew. I mean, I never had it down as as an SS. To be no. fair, it but. was only an SS for a short period of time, but it cannot be called the Royal Mail ship until it carries Royal Mail. Makes sense. <laughs> okay, so we move right on. So the Titanic goes sailing off into the distance, and this is where the story where really begins. This is where your, your film comes in. This is where, yeah, James Cameron the, this film is the James Cameron film and all of it. In fact, the James Cameron film is very, very close to yeah, the truth. There's, he does um, there's a, a, a video, I'm sure it's on, um, it's either Netflix or believe it or not, it might be on Disney Plus. Um, and they do, uh, I only know because they're the only two streaming services I have. But um, there's one where he, he actually revisits the Titanic and he, he checks the footage from the actual Titanic to the footage that he did for his film and he pretty much got everything spot on or more or less apart from one room I think and that was the where the SOS call was made the uh, uh, the the, uh, the radio shack yeah that's mm. the only room he got wrong uh, everything than that he there, got... there were sort of inconsistencies but yeah. you know poetic license shall we say yeah he did um, a good job if you want film. to know the closest to the actual story as 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 has come and been borne out by history um there's a book called Walter Lord right and a film of of the same name as the book the book is called A Night to Remember and there is a black and white film A Night to Remember came out in the 1950s and that is about as accurate as you can get to the Titanic but bear in mind if you watch it it's 1950s technology so it's yeah so the there's no computer generated. No, it's, it's an airfix <laughs> ship hitting a plastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hitting an ice cube. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so we go right on to the day of the 14th of April, 1912. Right. So this is the, the this last. is the day. This the, is the Sunday morning. Yeah. I mean, it went pretty smoothly for the first three it days. It was flat calm. Yeah. All the time, it was flat calm. It was. Uh, there were 
not uh it's, it's been borne out by history there weren't a fantastic excessive amount of icebergs no in for that year and the year that titanic had actually had the accident yeah so it was just really unlucky another fact that you probably will never have known about uh, in the 10 years before uh, the titanic incident so we're talking 1902 to to, to 1912 yeah uh the um White Star Line carried over a million passengers. What, safely, to and from New York? In that time, there were two fatalities. Wow. I bet there were they boiler room ones as well, because that was a dangerous uh, To job. be honest, I'm not that... I, I couldn't not tell that you. Sure. I'm uh, not that sure. I could look it up no, no, with all the books I've got, but yeah, I, yeah, there yeah. were only two fatalities. I have seen all the books. And in addition to that, uh, going back, uh, the um, the White Star Line... Had hundreds of ships. Yeah. But they only had one, what they call Commodore, who was the most experienced, the best, and the most popular captain for the whole of the White Star Line. Right. He was Captain Smith. He was the captain of the... He was the captain of the Olympic when it first went out. Yeah. He was the captain of the Olympic when it hit HMS Hawk. Yeah. And he was the captain of the Titanic on this voyage to New York. He was a man with a... He was the beard. man with a big white beard. Yeah. yeah. As, as your Captain John Smith, or Edward John Smith. Now, obviously, you're four days into the into your, yeah. your thing. You are 500, 600 miles from the coast of America. To, uh, in two in the morning. three days. Yeah, so you've got probably a day and a half, two days to go. Yeah. They don't travel that quick compared to the ships of today. At nine o'clock in the morning the radio operator gets a warning of ice. Right. Now, bearing in mind that all ships of the day, they all, there, there was um, a rule that the ships had to keep to a specific schedule. Yeah. They had to arrive on time. Uh, they got fined if they didn't arrive on time. Yeah. I mean, these were they, high-paying um, customers as well. Yeah. I mean, a, 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 a ticket on the Titanic third class, 15 quid. But that's, yeah, all relevant. I mean, you're probably talking about four, five hundred pound now. You're probably talking quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. A ticket for the first class. Yeah. Equivalent today, twenty five thousand pound. That's not pocket change, is it? That, no. That's, uh, that's Bearing quite... in mind that the first class had some really, really rich people on this ship. Yes. You know, it was. Um, although they went for the luxury, the White Star Line with the, with the Olympic class ships. Their main. Um, Money came from third class. Third class was the immigrants. They had more, more of them. So the more you could cram in, the better. And and although third class on the ti- uh, on any ship wasn't good for the Titanic, it was much better than it would have been on any other ship. Yeah. So they had a little bit of luxury. So they had a bit of luxury. They had they had sep- they had rooms mm. with running water. Each room had four beds in it. So yeah, it's a little. Yeah. Whereas before, there were two baths, all right, two baths for four hundred people. Yeah, but they were there. They weren't on any other ship. This is for third class. So if you got a ticket on the Titanic, you got something special. Yeah, it was it was worth. And most of these people were going over to America. They're leaving their old life behind. They're going to America. They're going to make a new life over there. Live the American dream. Yeah, as 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 you know, as a lot of people did in those days. Yeah. Now. Of course, 
there was supposed to be um, a lifeboat drill on that morning. Yeah, I heard that. He cancelled it, didn't he? The captain cancelled it. Now, there's never been an explanation as to why he cancelled it. He can't give you one anyway. And he's not in a position to give us one. No. But they did have a... Um, supposed to have a, a lifeboat drill. And that was to enable the crew to be able to learn how to lower these lifeboats. Yeah, I mean, I've seen... Again, this is like going back to that James Cameron thing where he, he looks at it. Um, he, he shows you with with the lifeboats and and how hard they were to actually get down they really weren't they were manual yeah they really was manual lowering with ropes yeah and it had to be done in a set way and it had to be done evenly because if you tip the boat one way or the other people would fall fall out out, yeah. yeah you can't you know it has to be done they never did it no the 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 units that held the lifeboats the arms that held the lifeboats were called davits yep the ones that were fitted to the titanic could lower up to four lifeboats okay per davit okay so you'd have three stacked on top of each other and one in the actual and swinging one, bit yeah. yeah that's what it was designed for the titanic was actually capable of having 64 lifeboats yeah i, I read that and they, yeah. they were planning on having was it 46 they um it was designed that the actual capability of the ship was 64 lifeboats yeah the design was for 32 lifeboats Ah, that's close yeah and they removed 12 they removed half of them i thought it was 20 was it 20 they had 16 wooden lifeboats on there and the reason Uh, they removed them was not because of anything fantastic or that it's the law said that any ship over 10,000 tons had to have 16 lifeboats. Right. So the law was 16 lifeboats. If they'd have put the 32 lifeboats on, the other 16 would have encroached onto the first-class promenade deck. So they wouldn't have had a good view of the sea. So they wouldn't have had a good view of the sea, and it would have been... And and the thinking of the time was um, that the ship would... um, is always on but you shouldn't be put junk sleep to bed at mattress firm's black friday now sale save up to 60 percent on sealy with queen mattresses starting at 279.99 talk to a sleep expert today and unjunk your sleep it wouldn't need lifeboats no it was unsinkable. It was always no. But that's, that yeah, was the, the theory, wasn't it? It was the unsinkable ship. It was. It never was. Go um, down and... Yeah, we. Th- there's. There's a little bit about that. Um, but you've got the the, the thirty two lifeboats. So they took sixteen. Yeah. Out, but they replaced those sixteen with what they call four collapsible lifeboats. They were canvas sided lifeboats. They were uh, flat, right. and they put them on. So the, the Titanic actually had four more lifeboats than the law said it needed right bearing in mind the law, 20 somewhere. the law said anything above ten thousand tons right and the titanic was, was forty six thousand tons yeah so realistically it should have had it should have had you know, a lot more a lot more but like you said the titanic in um one of these technical magazines was said by one of the journalists to be practically unsinkable yeah and it was reported 
by the newspapers who aren't as truthful then as they are now, they say. Yeah, if you believe um, it. They, they removed the word practically. So yeah. it became the unsinkable ship. Yeah. And there was a reason for that as well. When they built the Titanic, they built it in sections. Mm-hmm. So you've got the, the, the ship itself, the hull was complete. Yeah. And then they dropped what they call waterproof bulkheads into the ship, which separated it into 16 separate sections. Right. Each section could be sealed. So if you've got a a breach in one of the sections, they could shut the watertight doors. And it wouldn't. And that section would fill up. The ship would stay afloat. Right. They designed the Titanic so it would stay afloat with any four consecutive watertight compartments. compartments filled. Right. They couldn't see any possible a, way that any more than any four. more than four would ever be breached. So that's a quarter I mean that's a quarter of the hull as well, so Yeah. It's quite a it's quite a bit yeah. a quarter of a ship filled with or quarter of a, a hull of a ship filled with water and it can still stay afloat quiet. Yeah. So and and these watertight doors were electrically controlled from the bridge. You know, yeah. Electricity was just coming in through throughout yeah. the world. So this was, you know, really in, in, inevitable. It was inevitative. Yeah. Inventive. How about that? It's a better word. We'll get, we'll get there. We'll get there eventually. I know but, what you mean. But that's what it was. Yeah. It was. So, you, so you had this ship that was practically unsinkable, mm. advertised then as unsinkable. It was never said by the manufacturers to be unsinkable. But the impression was that it was. Yeah. And it's luxurious. And it had... Everybody wanted to be on it. Yeah, it, it definitely had that vibe, didn't it? It did. So you've got the morning passes, the Sunday morning. It's a nice, bright, sunny day. It was cold, but it's not that bad. Yeah. And and they're travelling towards New York. They then get to the evening. Yep. Okay, so we go through the evening. During the day, there were temperature drops. Um, by the time night time came, the water temperature was about one degree. Right. It's almost freezing. Yeah. There were icebergs floating around, um, very small bits of ice. Yeah, I mean, as well, I mean, at this, this time, I, I suppose if you've not really encountered it before and they've not really had many ships, I don't know how throughout history how many ships prior to the titanic had been sunk by icebergs but not many i suppose they'd have thought well you know this it, is a it massive wasn't, ship it's, it wasn't considered to be a problem yeah how can i sink um, iron and they did certain things to avoid it yeah you know they they were going along um a southwesterly course so they're coming out of ireland they're oh. going along and they're taking a northern course the northern route during the four days previous they've turned south so they're moving so away they're from moving the it away from the icebergs yeah. area so they're moving into warmer waters into the what they call the gulf stream so you would have thought realistically if they were going to hit something it would have been in the first yeah. few days yeah again they're sort of um they're traveling at speed hmm. they're traveling 22 23 knots it's about t- between 25 and 30 mile an hour so they're not doing they're not going massively quickly no but the ship's capable of about 24 knots and it's doing 22 yeah so it's there was never any um reason or any precedent to slow down it just didn't happen the ships of the day they carried on till they saw an iceberg or they saw a danger and then they stopped yeah okay so 
we go through the day. There's a number of um, messages come through on the radio that there's other ships had encountered ice. Yeah. And there were ice warnings. Some of them were given to the captain. Some of them were passed on to the bridge. Uh, in fact, they were all passed on to the bridge. Some of them made it to the captain. One of them made it to Bruce Ismay. Now, Bruce Ismay, remember, is the yeah. owner of the White Star Line. He's on the ship. All right. So, it, yeah. And there's a little bit of controversy there as to whether Ismay had turned around and said to the captain, we will get to New York on time. Yeah, it makes sense. You know, if you're, if you're, the, if you're, you're Richard Branson of the time, you want to... Yeah. You want um, to make sure there's no evidence to suggest that that is the case, but possible. it's but it's possible. Yeah, yeah. possible. He's pulled rank um, on his own ship. But we do know that that Captain Smith gave an ice warning to Bruce's mate. Yeah, and he put it in his pocket. We know that because Bruce's mate actually survives, and he had that ice warning. Right. So we know that as a fact. So the Titanic changes course from southwest to west, which was. Um, around about the five ten to six in the evening. Yeah, and now it's heading towards New York. Um, you've got several messages come through. The captain's um, cocktail party stroke dinner was uh, was served in the uh, the restaurant. The captain was there, and around about ten o'clock. So right. we're now going up into the evening. The two lookouts. Yes, in the crow's nest. In the crow's nest. There's a gentleman called Frederick Fleet and a gentleman called Reginald Lee. Mm-hmm. Now, they both go, they started their shift at 10 o'clock in the evening. Yep. They were perched 75 feet above the front of the ship. So you've got the, the, the bridge, yeah. which is the, the control room. It's yeah. a better, better, better name for it. There's a big pole. Yeah. On that pole is a little bucket. They stand in that bucket. That's basically what it is. Uh, it's bloody freezing. They are. It's cold. Yeah. They're looking straight out of the front of the ship. And it's night time. And it's night time. It's pitch black. Mm. There's no moon. Is it not? There's no, no moon. There wasn't a moon that night. Well, that probably didn't help. The water was dead flat calm. So again, there's no nothing. There's no ripples. At. Yeah. Now, icebergs are white. Yep. Except under certain conditions. And icebergs are made of fresh water. The sea is salt water. Salt water dissolves fresh water. Yep. Dissolves ice. So every so often, the bottom of the iceberg becomes lighter than the top because it's melted because it's in salt water. Right. The iceberg that hit the Titanic was in that condition. It had just, because the bottom was lighter, it had rolled over. So the bottom now becomes the top. Right, okay. So, yeah, there was so technically it's now upside down. When it goes like that, the the now top, which is floating above the water, is saturated with salt water, makes it dark. Right. So they couldn't see it. So you can't see it. And also, uh, if I'm right, then... They didn't have any binoculars because no. they were in a locked room and the guy had walked off with a key yep. or something like that. Yeah. When they left Southampton, the key to the binocular cupboard wasn't put back where it should have been and they didn't have any binoculars. Yeah. I mean, how stupid is that? So a- you've now got a what we call a black iceberg. Mm. You've got no ripples on the sea. So you've got no waves slapping against the bottom. 
of the, of the iceberg, you can't see it. So it's black on black. Coupled with that, the, the, the way the Titanic was designed, the crow's nest was behind the main hatch. Right. There was light coming from the main hatch. Yeah, I was going to say, if you've got light, you can't, it's harder to so see. It's harder to see. Now, Frederick Fleet was a professional. They were both professional lookouts. That was their job. He saw the iceberg. He actually saw the iceberg. And it's difficult to say how far away it was, but it wasn't that far away. No. Yeah. But he sees it. He's straight onto the telegraph. Yeah. Rings the bridge. Iceberg dead ahead. Yeah. So you've now got, I've seen it. The officer in charge, which was Murdoch, who was in charge of the bridge because the captain had gone to bed. Yeah. He immediately closes the watertight doors because he knows what's going to happen. You've got an iceberg dead ahead, not to the left, not to the right, straight ahead. Right. 30 seconds later, Titanic scrapes the iceberg. So it wasn't dead ahead then, or did they turn? They tried to turn it, and they turned to the left. Now you'll hear on the radio, you'll hear on the films, starboard the propeller, yeah. uh, starboard the rudder. Yeah, that means turn the the rudder to so the starboard. The boat goes to the left. Yep. Yeah. So they now scrape alongside. Now witnesses on the ship say it felt like a rumble, going over a bit mm. of gravel. Yeah. That's all they felt. Little bits of ice fell off the iceberg as it went down the side of the ship, but that was it. That's all they felt. Yeah. The captain comes up. What have we done? I've tried to port round yeah, go the round iceberg. The uh, we've hit it. The captain is now informed. Engines go to stop. Yeah, makes sense. The engines never restarted. Because the boiler room flooded. Eventually. Yeah. So, would it not have been, I mean, just, I mean, I'm not no maritime expert, but if you know that the ship can stay afloat with one quarter of it full of water, would turning so the iceberg hits the entire length of the ship be the best idea? Would I think they, they thought been, they were going to miss it. Yeah, I would say, would they not have been safer just hitting it dead on? And In fact, if they had have hit it dead on, it would have been an embarrassment to the White Star Line of the Titanic, a brand new ship, first ever voyage coming in with a bent front but it would have survived. Yeah. So they tried to save the embarrassment. They've tried, and... they, they've tried to do what they have. They've tried to avoid it. Yeah. And it's scraped down the side. Now, because of the Titanic, because the iceberg has rolled over, there's the, more underneath. There's a ledge underneath. Yeah. So the Titanic has gone over a ledge as so well as down, the, as well as it down the side. Yeah. So we're now, we're now stationary. A lot of uh, pressure builds up in the engine, so they start releasing the pressure. That's the steam. That's what keeps everybody, hello, what's going on? The engines have stopped, but there's a lot of steam. Yeah. So you've got, you have that. The um, The situation is now, the captain wants to know what's going on. Mm. 15, 20 minutes after the impact, he sends members of the crew down to what they call sound the ship. Right. That is to check as low down into the ship as possible, see what damage there is, what's going on. Thomas Andrews comes back, having got all the information. He's the point. He made the ship. He's designed it. He knows exactly what it is. Mm. 
He comes back. He tells the captain, we're in trouble. Yeah. Section one, filling with water. Section two, three, and four, filling with water. Section five, filling with water. Section six, leak. Right. So straight 400 away. tons of water per minute are now getting into the Titanic. Wow. it's a lot of water. That's a lot of water. Yeah. Now, it wasn't a big rip down the side of the ship. No. What had happened was the big metal plates had all been knocked out of alignment, and so where the plates coupled together... With the rivets. With the rivets. There was a leak, but it was spraying water through the the gaps. Yeah, but it doesn't take much with that pressure before they, they yeah. burst. So we're now looking at... It's going to go. It's going to go. Yeah. The ship cannot stay afloat. That was the information given back to the captain. Yeah. The ship cannot stay afloat. They know it's, it's going, going down. Yeah. They know it's going down. Now, bearing in mind that we go back to the 16 lifeboats, because the Titanic was practically unsinkable, it had the latest radio on board. Yeah. It was then in a situation where it could actually call other ships they would turn up and they'd use the 16 lifeboats to ferry the passenger, the, the survivors across if the ship was that badly damaged. That was the theory. Yeah. They didn't count on the fact that there was no ships around. Okay. Makes sense, I suppose. And there's a lot more to the story, um, but we, we move on a little bit. Um, needless to say, the Titanic... Emergency. Emergency... They start sending out the uh, CQD, yeah, which is the radio message. Come quick, danger, which is the old, not uh, SOS, not SOS to start off with. Yeah, they then changed it to SOS. It's easier on Morse code. It's easier to understand. It's easier. The Titanic's radio was fantastic. It had a range of four to five hundred miles at night. Wow! So any it was, ship in the area was, would have picked up by a lot of ships including the olympic which, which was several hundred miles away bloody hell the carpathia was 55 miles away that's the one that came to rescue wasn't it that started coming full steam to rescue the titanic yeah. and passengers it wouldn't get there in time was there not a uh, another ship that was about five miles away there was that ignored it the californian yeah that's the uh, one. captain lord and he had uh, a cargo ship, stroke... It was a cargo stroke passenger liner, but mainly cargo. Yeah. Um, he was stationary in an ice field, approximately... Well, <laughs> they say five miles away. It was probably nearer to 15 miles away. It was over the horizon. Yeah. But what you could see, because of the the way the, the Earth... Is and that lot you could see a reflection of the lights, so people thought the ship was closer than it was. Yeah, and uh, he said he could see the flares as well when they sent the. Flares he could up. see flares. The Titanic sent up flares, but at the time there was no differential between company flares for ships saying hello to other ships and distress flares. Ah, uh, right. So he didn't think right. anything of it. Distress flares were predominantly white, mm. but we're dealing with the white star line. They would also signal their ships with white flares. Yeah. So 
you have a situation where the Californian is stationary. The Californian had a radio. Didn't use it. The radio operator was due to go off shift at 11 o'clock in the evening. Right. So when they're calling at the 12. The Titanic hit the iceberg at 11.40. So too late. It's too late. The radio operator at 5 to 11 sent a message out. We are the Californian. We are stationary in an ice field. They gave their position. Gave, yeah. It was that loud that it virtually deafened the radio operator on the Titanic who snapped back, I am working Cape Race, which is basically I'm contacting America. I'm giving the first-class passengers their first messages because it's the first time they'd come into range of America. Yeah. Um, shut up. <laughs> and they so did. the radio operator on the Californian puts his headphones down and goes to bed. Yeah. Titanic enough. hits the iceberg. It's weird, isn't it? There are a lot of little things that could have... Lots of little things. There was an amateur radio operator on the Californian, who picked up the headphones, he heard the Titanic's distress signal. He didn't know what it was. So he put it down and went to bed. Yeah, so he could have. So he could have done. The Californian didn't know that the Titanic had actually sunk until the following day. I mean, that's something they, you know, yeah. I bet that captain had a bit of a bad time with that as well, knowing how many. Uh, so your Titanic is now going down. They decide that they're going to... Uh, they know that the Carpathia is on its way. Yeah. It's about 55, 60 miles away. It's going to take four hours for them to get there, even at top speed. But they're on their way. The Titanic's first lifeboat, which was lifeboat number seven, is launched at quarter to one in the morning. Now, bearing in mind, all these passengers are on this ship isn't going to sink as far as they're concerned it's unsinkable yeah why am i going to get off this whopping great big ship to get into that piddly little lifeboat yeah in the middle of the atlantic with no other ships around it's pitch black i'm not getting in there so that was the attitude of the people most of, them. of most of them bearing in mind the ship is sinking but it's it's going down level yeah it's you know all right slight tilt to the front but that's it at the moment so lifeboat number seven leaves. It can take 65 people. Yeah. 28 get on it. Wow. So there are, so not only have there not enough lifeboats, now they're not even filling them. Right. At the same time as that, the Titanic starts sending his flares up. Yeah. The Californian sees the flares. The Californian is stationary 15 miles away, over the horizon, but right in the distance, probably an inch off of the horizon, it sees white flares. They're company signals. Yeah, doesn't think anything of it. Doesn't think anything of it. But they wish the it did now. The Titanic tries the Morse lamp, which is a, a flashing light for Morse code. Yeah. They try that. The Californian is too far away. Yeah, it's just... They do see a flashing light. Not but they think it. it's a flickering masthead light, a flickering yeah. headlight on the ship. Not not clear enough to see exactly what it is. They know the Titanic's in the area. Titanic's unsinkable, so it can't be them. Yeah. So they carry on. Lifeboats are are launched throughout the remainder of of the thing. Each lifeboat gets more and more people on it while they as they start to realise that the ship is going down. Yeah. 
Panic sets in. Panic starts to set in. The last lifeboat leaves the Titanic 2.20. Yeah. So you've got quarter to one until 2.20. The 16 lifeboats are actually leaving the Titanic with people on them. Mm-hmm. It was a thing, women and children first. In reality, it was the crew that put the women and children on, but it wasn't a written rule. It's a class thing. It's a social thing. Yeah. Yeah, women and children first. But men get in the lifeboats as well. Yeah. If you haven't got enough women to fill the lifeboats, what are you going to do? You're going to turn around, well, you can't get in, sir, because you know, you're know you a man and it's women and children will let go with the space on it. Yeah. No, you're going to let men on it. Yeah, so they did get some. So they, some, some men did get on it. So you, you were looking at all of that, the, the chaos, the thing, the engineers in the depths of the ship, they stayed there. Not a single engineer survived, but they kept the lights on on the Titanic until it went under the waves. Yeah. Till it broke in half. So the, the unsung heroes of, of it, really. The band. The eight men on that. The eight men who played in the first class saloon. They played music to calm the passengers down. Yeah. They went down. They never survived. No, I think one of them was only 21 as well, wasn't he? So you've got all those. There are loads and loads of stories. Each individual lifeboat had a story. Each survivor had a story. Yeah. I mean, I I read somewhere that, you know, I can't remember who it was, but one of the survivors said, you know, out of the midst of all the chaos, the the band was basically the, the... the bravest men mm-hmm. on that ship. Yeah, the, the last that... the last tune they played, the hymn "Nearer My God to Thee." I don't know that. No, you look it up. It's it's a it's quite it's not a bad tune. The Titanic drops beneath the waves, yeah. twenty to three in the morning. Eighteen of the twenty lifeboats. Bearing in mind, all sixteen wooden lifeboats have got off. Once they are off, they, they then start to load. The the f- try to load the four collapsible lifeboats. Now they're basically a wooden base. You pull the, the sides up, you wedge the sides up, they're canvas sides, people get in them. Yeah. Yeah. They had to be fitted to the davits. They had to be filled with people and lowered. Mm. There hasn't been a lifeboat drill. So they don't know. These how to people do it. don't know whether a full lifeboat is going to collapse with the weight of 65 people on it because each the big wooden lifeboats can hold 65 people. Yeah. So they don't know. So you've got all of this going on. They manage to uh, they manage to actually lower two of the collapsibles. Yeah. The other two stayed on. Stayed on board. They got washed off the ship. People clinging to them, but yeah. they got washed off the ship. One of them remains upside down. About 16 to 20 people managed to climb up on top of it and were standing on that ship, on that lifeboat, upside down, balancing Wow! for a few hours while other lifeboats came in and picked them up. That's pretty impressive. Now, you've got to remember, you're now in, you're in a lifeboat. You've got, there are 705 people survive out of 2,228. That's... Yes. Over 1,500 people are now in the water. Each one of them is fighting for themselves. Mm. You are one of those people. You're going to swim to the nearest thing that's floating, a lifeboat. Yeah. You're going to try and get on it. There's 1,400, 
199 people behind you all trying the same thing. These lifeboats are not going to go back into that crowd to be swamped and dragged down and kill everybody on the lifeboat. Yeah, so they they rowed away, didn't One they? One lifeboat goes back. One lifeboat. One of the officers clears out his lifeboat, swaps all the people from his lifeboat into two others, and he rows back. He is the only lifeboat that goes back. Wow. Nine people are dragged out of the water, of which seven survive. Yeah, I mean, was it... They said when it they hit the water at that time, it was minus two degrees. The water temperature would have killed most people. Yeah, within about ten uh, minutes. Five to ten minutes, yeah. yeah. There's one person, one of the bakers, did what a lot of people would have probably thought of done. He nicked two bottles of whiskey. I think it was whiskey. Might have been brandy, but he's nicked two. And he's drunk them. He's hit the water. He survived for an hour before him being dragged onto the upturned lifeboat. Yeah, thins your blood. Make sure. He survived. That's quite close. It's weird that you think that drinking alcohol can save your life, but it... Frederick Fleet, the lookout the who Grover. first saw the... Uh, first saw the... Uh, the um, yeah, the, 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 the iceberg. He survived. Oh well, Phillips, the one of the radio operators, he survives. He didn't come out of the shed because it was a, like a shack on the yeah. top of the. He didn't come. He didn't leave the radio until water started coming in through the door. Well, it's, and it's on the top of the ship as well. It's on wasn't the top it? of so... the ship, so he virtually stepped out into the water. Uh, Captain Smith didn't survive. No. Murdoch, the first officer, didn't survive. Highest ranking officer was the second officer, and that was Charles Lightoller. And he survived. He survived. He actually became the um, advisor on the film A Night to Remember. Blimey. Um, There are lots of other stories. John Jacob Astor, the richest man in the world. Right. Current, if he had his current, his current wealth in today's money would have been three and a half billion Wow. He was the richest man in the world. He didn't survive. He was on honeymoon with his wife. His wife did. Wow. They they found him a few days later in the sea. They identified him because he had $60,000 in today's money in his pockets. <laughs> Just a little bit then. Benjamin Guggenheim, one of the richest people in America. The museum. He um, said, we are dressed in our finest and are prepared to go down like men. He stayed on the ship with his valet. Wow. Isidore Strauss, another first-class passenger. He owned Macy's department store, him and his wife. In New York. His wife got into a lifeboat. When she realised that her husband couldn't get in because he was a man, she got out of the lifeboat. They both died. If I'm right, is that the in the, the film? That is, that the, is the, two, old, the, two the old old couple, couple that lay in bed together. Yep, that's yeah. them. Um, so many, every, every single person has a story. Lifeboat number one, when it left with 28 people on it. Yeah. It had a, 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 a British aristocrat on board. Wow. He decided that there were seven crew members on his boat. And he decided that because they had lost everything, bearing in mind the White Star Line stopped everybody's wages when that ship went under. They were, not going to, they were not going to get paid. They weren't going to get transported back to the UK. That's it. Their wages stopped. So they were pretty much stranded He in gave all the um, crew members in his ship £5. 
It's not a lot. But it's, in those days, it was a lot of money. Yeah. I suppose it was a week wages or something, isn't it? It was probably more than that, but yeah. He got absolutely murdered by the press because they said it was a bribe not to go back. And he was trying to do his best. Sir Cosmo Duff Gordon was his name. Wow. Yeah, I never knew that. Him, him and his wife. So there are lots and lots of little stories. Yeah. But anyway, we go on. So we now move on. Right, the Titanic's gone under the water. Yep. You've got 1,500 people screaming in the water. 705 people in lifeboats. Mm. It all goes quiet. There's no sound. People have died. Yeah. The, the whole, if you can imagine 1,500 people floating around, yeah, face not, down. Not going to be a nice sight. It's not a nice sight. The, um, the Carpathia arrives 10 past four. In the heat of the moment, you're not just keeping it calm, you're keeping it cool too. With an ice cold cold brew. And not just any cold brew, but one that's slow steeped and mixed with brown sugar and molasses flavor. With a cold foam infused with brown sugar coolness and a cinnamon sugar sprinkle on top. That's keeping it calm, cool, and cold brewed. With Dunkin's new brown sugar cream cold brew, America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. Wow. So they've been in the water for over nearly two hours, some of them. Yeah. The, the, the total length the Titanic took was just two, just two and a half hours-ish. What, to sink? To sink. That's not that's not that long when you think about the was fact not that, long at all. No. You know, it... it <laughs> Two and a half to three hours. Yeah. And the Carpathia arrives. Carpathia picks up lifeboat two. That's the first one. First one it, yeah. it comes across. And then over the period as the sun comes up, they identify more lifeboats, they pick them up. Yeah. And total of 705 survivors. Yeah. Now, radio was in its infancy. Radio messages picked up by... Um, America, Titanic's hit an iceberg. Messages get to the UK. Titanic hits an iceberg. Titanic sinks. No, um, everybody's safe. The oh, first wow. messages that came out in the UK were, everybody's everyone's safe. safe. Oh, dear. Slowly, because of the time difference, Yeah. by the time American newspapers started to come out, they were beginning to realise that there was huge loss of life. Yeah. The Carpathia does not stay around. Carpathia has picked up the lifeboats. It's collected 13 wooden lifeboats because that's all it can carry. All the rest was set adrift. Oh, wow. Empty. Oh, they were okay. just empty and set adrift. Yeah, so they were. 705 passengers on board the Carpathia. Carpathia now comes towards America. They're 400 miles offshore. So it's still a long way to go. Yeah, still a couple of days. The Californian remains on scene looking for survivors. They find none. Yeah. All they find is bodies. The Carpathia goes to New York. It arrives a few days later. It does not go to its normal berth. It goes straight to the berth that the Titanic was at, offloads right. the lifeboats, and then offloads the passengers. Fair enough. Makes sense, I suppose. That's yeah. where they were destined to go. Yeah. So you've got 
some, you know, that is the story of the of the Titanic. It's interesting. I say there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of conspiracies and there's a lot of things behind it. I mean, the one thing that that really got me when I when I was reading about it and, and obviously trying to learn little bits and pieces is, is some of the weird and wonderful things. Is like, you know, uh, if I'm right, three days prior to the Titanic leaving, they had a massive fire in the engine, um, which you've got possibly damaged things, damaged the hull, which. Meant that if it was to touch an ice, touch anything, it would have it would have damaged the number of the Titanic, Holland and Wolf number four hundred one. Yeah, the Olympic four hundred. Yeah, mm-hmm. bear that in mind because we said we mentioned that right at the yeah, beginning. We did, yeah. Now we move all the way forward to nineteen eighty four. Robert Ballard. Right. Everybody knows about the Titanic. It's probably the most famous ship in the world. It still is, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah. Ballard has always wanted to find the Titanic. Yes. Never, ever had enough money to do it. Then you find it by accident, or in quotations, by accident. He knew roughly where it was going to be. Yeah. But he'd never had enough money to to do it. So he approaches the American government with the Woods Hole Institute, the Oceanographic Institute. Yeah. They put a, a thing to the American government a few years back. 1960s-ish, you lost two nuclear submarines. <laughs> I'll go and find them Yeah, if you give me the money. Because he knew where they were. He goes out. The American government go, yep, no problem. He goes out. He finds the two, sh- the two submarines. He found them that quick. That he found them that quick. He had extra time left. Now, he'd planned it that way. Yeah. He then went searching for the Titanic. And he found it. He found it. If I'm right, isn't this the same man that found the Edmund Fitzgerald? And the same man that found yeah. the Bismarck. There you go. So they, for those of you who have listened to two previous maritime episodes, it's the same man again. Yeah. So the Titanic was was sort of what it was. Now, there are so many different bits of the Titanic. You can always, I could do another whole story on the strange bits that come up with it. If you've, if you're any, or any of your listeners have got any questions, yeah, send them to you. I will answer them. Yeah, definitely. I mean, what we can do is, uh, if, if we get, uh, get some messages, get any questions, anything like that, we'll put it all together and we can do another show on it. Cause you know, like I said, this has been, been extremely popular. Everyone's mm-hmm. sort of been looking forward to it. So if we can get, Get enough people. Like I said, there's enough. You could do an entire episode just on the, some of the survivors and things like that. So there, there are so many stories. Yeah, I mean Molly Brown. Who's that? The unsinkable Molly Brown. She oh, is. She, yeah, the woman who was on, on yeah. the Olympic. Yeah, you've got the nurse who was on the Olympic, the the Titanic, and the Britannic. Yeah, the one that she was on the the Olympic when it hit the the British ship, the Titanic when it sunk. And, and she was on Britannic the, when, it, when hit it hit the mine, the mine. in the First World War. Yeah. Yep, she was. Um, I, I think I covered her in one of my episodes earlier. Was uh, um, things you weren't taught in school. I, I'm sure mm. she was covered in that. But yeah, that's mm. it's the same woman. So let's we'll we'll summarise it in a second. Yeah, but we now go. Ballard finds the Titanic. He photographs it. He does everything. Cameron makes his film. The whole lot. Yeah. The conspiracy theory. Yeah. Now I'll only give you the little, uh, or just one part of it. Go on then. When they found the Titanic, yes, one of the outboard propellers had four hundred on it. 
So you question whether it was, whether they just... 400, if you remember, was the Olympics. Hmm. Did the other one have 401? The Titanics would have had 401. So the conspiracy theory went round. It was the Olympic that was on the bottom because of the damage to the... the, The theory is the damage that the HMS Hawk caused right at the beginning was so extensive that White Star disguised it, sent it out as the Titanic and deliberately sunk it. Load of rubbish. Yeah. When the the Olympic was damaged, they took parts off of the Titanic to repair the Olympic. So the 401 propellers were put on. Yeah, makes sense. The Olympic, which left the the, the 400s to go on the Titanic, which is why. But that's where your theories come in. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, conspiracy theories are wonderful. I I do love a good conspiracy theory. But um, yeah, there's definitely... So, So there's so many ifs. Yeah. If the Olympic hadn't have had the collision with the Hawk, the Titanic would have sailed 10 months earlier. Yeah. If the key to the binoculars cupboard had been available, the lookouts may well have seen... Seen it earlier. Seen it earlier. If the iceberg hadn't have turned over... Yeah, they probably wouldn't It have. would have been white. They'd have seen it. Yeah. If the Californian had been a little bit closer... Or actually answered the call. Or actually answered the radio. <laughs> yeah. It, would have, it wouldn't have happened. They'd have rescued everybody. Yeah. If the Titanic had hit the iceberg head on... It wouldn't have sunk. It wouldn't have sunk. Yeah. Here's a thought for you. Go on. The one thing that was not sinking what? in this disaster... The iceberg. Yeah. The yeah, iceberg yeah, yeah. was close. Yeah, if was you'd have for? anchored the Titanic to the iceberg got everybody off the ship onto the iceberg. They've only had to stay there for two to three hours until the Californian, until the Carpathia got there. Everybody would have survived. Yeah. That's Thinking a, outside the box. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, that's quite a... I swear, God, can you imagine, though, having all those people stood on an iceberg, but then it... But they'd have survived. Yeah, they'd have been cold. That's a... Yeah, that's I'd a thought. I'd rather be cold for a few hours than dead. Yeah. But you're, you're talking of... Yeah, quite... I mean, the Titanic is, is, is amazing. It's, um, it's a time capsule. You yeah. have the third-class people who are going to America to make a new life. Mm. You have the second-class people who are going to America probably to start a new life, but they've got a bit of extra money behind them so they can make it a bit easier when yeah. they get to the States. And then you have the first-class, the luxury people in the £25,000 tickets. Yeah, tickets. The, the guys who were there to probably not even because, to start a new life. Because they were sailing on the Titanic. Yeah. Just on, for its the, ma- on its maiden voyage. Just to have that ticket. With the best commander that the White Star Line had, the best captain. Yeah. I mean, just a, a quick one. Is that, you know, obviously the captain goes down with a ship. Is that something that happened prior to the Titanic? Or is that something that... Because, I mean, I've always heard that the captain always goes down with a ship. But is that like a marit- almost like an unwritten maritime law? It's, or? it's an unwritten law, but it has some basis in that the captain is responsible for the ship. Yeah. If the captain survives, he's the one that's prosecuted for losing the ship because the owners aren't they're going to want their money back. Yeah. So if he goes down with the ship, he becomes a hero, they can't prosecute him, the insurance has to pay out. Yeah, that's true. The loss of the Titanic caused the White Star Line a major problem. Because it was so big, Lloyd's wouldn't insure the whole ship. Really? So the the White Star Line insured its own ship. Right. So when it went down, Titanic lost a lot of money. The uh, the White Star Line lost a lot of money. So there's no way it was done for an insurance scam then? Nope. 
Not if they're going to lose money. The crew, the minute the ship went down, their pay stopped. Wow. That's quite quite bad. Interesting theory. An interesting little thing, just a, a, a little bit that, that we will go right back and I will give you just a, a little tiny bit of forewarning. Yeah? Yeah, go on. 14 years before the Titanic went down. We're talking 1898. Yeah. Gentleman Morgan Robertson, he published a novel called Futility. That was about a ship which was bigger than any other ship that had been built previously. Yeah. It didn't have enough lifeboats. Yeah. It hit an iceberg mid-Atlantic and sank with a loss of all the lives on it. Right. The ship was called the Titan. It's eerily close, isn't it? It's a bit... Uh... There were people who were had premonitions that didn't get on the ship. See, I mean, I'm not one. I'm not one for the, you know, that. that there was there was a clairvoyant on the ship that predicted the ship was going to go down, and he died on it. We weren't that good. Well, I suppose he, he was is. good. He was good. <laughs> he just, yeah, he's just not around to profit from it. So there you are. That that is a little bit of history on the Titanic. Yeah. It's taken your podcast for for a long time i'm afraid i've i've commandeered your podcast that's all right i'm i'm not bothered I am about that quite happy to do another one yeah i think we should um, if you have anything i mean the titanic is my main sort of interest in life i have yeah. another one but you've already covered that that be the, it, the r101 yes yeah the r101 that is a, a uh, blinding little story that yeah. i did enjoy that one i liked your dunkirk thank you i thought that was really um interesting and fact finding yeah, I enjoyed that one. I mean, like I said, with the family tie to that one as well, I, I, I definitely enjoyed. Yeah, I definitely enjoyed that. I, I'm, I, I'm sort of impressed with some of them you coming up. Hopefully, you're going to do a few more. Yeah, yeah, we're planning on. I'll, give, few... I'll give you some suggestions. Yeah, <laughs> I always, always like a good suggestion. But yeah, so yeah, and uh, just a final thing. Go on. The White Star Line was eventually bought out by other companies. Yeah, became Cunard. Yeah. Which is the company that the Titanic was in competition with over the Atlantic. They owned the Mauritania and the Lusitania. So then they owned they owned everyone after that. Yeah. And they are now actually P&O. Oh, Pacif- I know, know Pacific, P&O. Pacific and Orient, yeah. Yeah, I know P&O. <laughs> I was going to say, I never heard of Cunard, but I've definitely heard of P&O. Now, Cunard, uh, I think, owns the... Um, I'm not sure if they own the Queens, Queen Elizabeth and the Queen Victoria, but... Um, but yeah, they oh. were Cunard ships. I know the QE, the Queen Elizabeth, the original one, was a Cunard ship. Hmm. Um, but yeah, well, there we are. Oh, very interesting. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that. And uh, like I said, I, I definitely did and learned more probably from this than than I thought I would. So I hope you guys uh, have felt the same. I know it's a slightly longer longer episode this week. We're sort of running over an hour, but... You know, I'm sure you guys have enjoyed it and, and carried on listening. So I'll give you a quick little message. Um, we have got uh, a few more episodes coming out. Obviously, with this one being a collaboration with, with my dad, um, there are a couple more episodes that will be coming out in the next few weeks. Um, we do have Patreon as well. Um, I have had a couple of subscribers to that as well. So thank you guys. Um, any support you can give us is, is always fantastic. And, uh, you know, you know, we really do appreciate that. So we're going to, uh, 
leave it there for this week. And like I said, if you've got any questions in regards to the Titanic, anything you want to know, any extras, if you want to hear um, another episode, I think we'll we'll probably do another episode um, to do with the, the survivors and some go a little bit more into the conspiracy theories and things like that, just to uh, give you a little bit of an overview and a little bit more in-depth, I suppose. Um, but like I said, you know, thank you for listening, guys. And, you know, just remember, everyone, we all have history. Not running your business on NetSuite is like trying to sink a putt with a cap pulled over your eyes. NetSuite by Oracle is the number one cloud financial system, giving you visibility and control of your financials, inventory, budgeting, and more all in one place. 93% of surveyed businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 31,000 businesses already use NetSuite. This summer, NetSuite has a special financing program program for those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash go netsuite.com slash go when you love riding a motorcycle you want to ride it everywhere even getting a dental checkup mr carter wouldn't you prefer the chair i'm fine on my bike doc well let me know if you feel any discomfort and when you love saving money you want to save even more that's why geico makes it easy to bundle your motorcycle and car insurance all done mr carter remember to brush floss and lubricate your drive chain regularly kickstart your savings with geico motorcycle bundle and save on the things you love three so make yours great see you next week bundling car and renters insurance with geico is so easy your neighbors are probably already doing it but who look for the signs Chances are they live in a home and have a car. They use money and enjoy having more of it. They probably drink lots of lemonade. Mmm, lemonade. And they've probably said something suspicious like, I'm bundling with Geico or stop spying on me with those binoculars. If so, you may want to ask them how easy it was to bundle with Geico. Bundling is easy with Geico. Just ask your neighbors.